0: In lightning, inspirational. inspirational, powerfully, powerfully, refining. powerfully, refining. powerfully refining. refining, and unapologetically, unapologetically controversial, conversations with the royal impress. The entire world knows the secret of who you are. Now is the time to step into your coindom and become the royal empress that you're meant to be. One woman at a time. Conversations with the royal empress. Now, Akiba, she's the analytical empress. Akima, she's the empress that will challenge you. And Lakage Nadira, she's the empress who tells it like it is. Now, straighten up your crown and be elevated through conversation. Conversations with the royal empress. The royal empress.
1: Welcome to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. This is Shea Nidera, and joining me are my co-hosts, Akila and Hakima. 2019 has ushered in a, a wave of emotions and the airing of so-called dirty laundry in the Black community. Are we guilty of holding on to secrets in the black community? If so, why is that? Is it self-preservation? Embarrassment? Family, what's really going on? What's going on? <laughs> yes, what's going on? Mar-
2: who sings that? Marvin Gaye? Marvin Gay. Marvin Gaye. <laughs>
3: uh, however, he sings it with so much travail in his voice, so it's, it stresses that it's a lot going on, and I think the emotion that uh, he put in singing that song is so prevalent in the emotion that our, our people are feeling in the community. So, I it was on point. It was like he was expressing the the emotion of our community right now. So it was it was point on, but actually, like before its time
2: probably a premonition of what we were gonna to continue to experience in, in, in Black America until we actually really get our stuff together. And we haven't gotten it together yet. And so we get triggered by things and we just go, forgive my language, we just go ape shit.
3: Ooh, ape, ape bitch. Ape shit, ape. Shit. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> please define. Please define, because I'm just like, huh? <laughs>
2: yeah, ape shit. Like you just go off. You you are out of control. <laughs>
3: Savage or undisciplined. <laughs> there you go. 2019 has
2: been interesting. We 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 came into this new year, and I for one, I thought to myself, wow, this is going to be such a awesome year came in real quiet first few days and then things just exploded emotions all over the place people cutting other people off people not being able to have a dialogue with one another without getting in their feelings and being disrespectful to one another and addressing issues that we have seemingly turned bl- a blind eye to in the past for whatever reason and so it's like you know are we are we guilty of holding on to secrets in our community
3: are- you, you you sound like you got something in mind because you're right we can go all over the place with secrets i mean you got you i'm one of the biggest secrets is uh Can we uh economically get up out of our situation when one black person figured out they don't want to share that knowledge? So you ain't lying when it comes to some secrets. Uh, But the secrets could go from that to us not really knowing who the baby's daddy really is. (laughs) I mean, it's secrets. I mean, we could go from one spectrum to the other when it comes to secrets. So, uh, what do you have in mind? What do you want to address?
2: Thank you for asking. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> I'm just,
3: i've heard black
2: people talk before and i've heard conversations where we're like you know stop airing our dirty laundry i don't know if you've ever heard people say that and they say it yeah. more so with things in the media when people get on tv and they talk about things that go on in our community or people will get on on a talk show and they would talk about various things that go on in the community, whether it's the killings that go on in the community, whether it's you know abuses that have happened in their family, whether we're talking about our relationships between Black men and Black women, and the issues that we have in our relationships. And when we do that publicly, many in the Black community say, we need to stop airing our dirty laundry. And they say it, and so, We constantly say that. Stop airing our dirty laundry. Even when we see things on social media, when people are videotaping things. Man, you, you always making us look bad. Man, you sharing these fight videos. That makes us look this way. We're constantly talking about what makes us look a certain way, even though that's not making us look a certain way. What we're doing is making us look that way. There would be nothing to tell if you weren't doing it. Right. But the but the reality of it is that just the mere fact that you constantly say we need to stop airing our dirty laundry suggests to me that you're trying to cover up and to hide and if you want to hide it from the rest of the world are we hiding things from ourselves?
1: Wow, that's that's very profound. Um goodness, that's that's profound because I believe over the years we have been trained and taught to hide our dirty laundry. This is something I believe that goes back, you know, generations and generations past. And I believe a lot of it has to do with the fact that, not that this is the only reason, but some of it has to do with the fact of some of the trauma, that has taken place within our communities, within our families, things that we are embarrassed about, things that we really are sh- feel shamed about. And when a person is shamed or feels ashamed, then they speak out of shame. So everything is a secret. If a child pees on themselves, And they got cousins and relatives over. They don't want everybody to know. their shame, right? So they hide it. Because it doesn't make them feel good when everybody else finds out about it. Because now people are going to make me, you know, or point me, or point at me and separate me from everyone else. We've been carrying shame for over 460 plus years. And it's you know i mean I, I don't like when i often use this same statement but it is the truth of just being a normal abnormality we become so used to things in our life just being the norm so when you ask the question that's been the norm of it in our community it's a normal thing to keep secrets it's a normal thing to hide when big mama Sent Marianne down south for nine months to get education, but yet when she came back, she had a new cousin that was because of shame. You know, those who could read between the lines and figure it out, they knew that that was Marianne's child, but then now, 25 years later, because it was kept. Away from the family, it was not told or revealed. Then you have a young man who grows up not knowing who his mother was or thinking that his grandmother was his mother when the grandmother was the aunt and the mother was the, the sister was the mother because of shame. So we have been conditioned to hold on to secrets and to hide them. When we went down the street to the babysitter's house and got a big surprise, and that person put the finger up and said, Shh. So we've been te- we've been t- being told shh for a long time. Shh has become a part of who we are. And we've gotten used to it. So now even when things need to be said and need to be spoken and need to have a light shed on it so that the truth can be revealed and come out, we still say, shh, don't tell nobody because we are used to keeping secrets. And it's only so long that a person can actually keep a secret before it starts manifesting in other behavior, in other ways.
2: Yep, I'm in total agreement. And those secrets, no matter how minor they are, we set up things in our children sometimes where we teach them to hold information. Even the most insignificant thing, Creates a pattern of behavior in a child, and therefore you carry it into adulthood. Here is something that was that that I would say somebody would think, "Oh, that's just so, that's stretching." But it's not stretching because it's about behavior and what you're doing with the child. I was teaching my child that he was not allowed to keep secrets; that you never keep secrets from your mom ever. And he used to tell me
1: everything. However, I didn't allow him to drink pop. And my mother
2: would sneak and give him a little pop when he was over her house. And he would tell at first. And then he would stop telling. I would tell her. I said, don't tell my son to keep secrets because once you do that, and they realize that they, there is something in it for them by keeping the secret, then they realize that I can do this for other areas of my life. I can cover up something. I can I can pretend. I can do all of that in something that insignificant. So now if he wants a little great pop, and he knows if he tells me that grandma's not gonna give it to him. <laughs> Because she said, if you tell your mom, I'm not going to give it to you again, you're setting up a pattern of behavior. And we don't think anything of stuff like that. But it's real. Because it's the minor things that they start hiding first. And then it becomes the major thing. Some of that, when we talked about self-preservation. That is kind of self-preservation. If I want something and I know that if I tell, I'm not going to get it, then I got to look out for myself and I'm going to hold on to that. So we teach we teach, we teach, teach us to lie at a very early age and to hide things and hide things particularly from those who are meant to protect us.
1: And we're t- oftentimes told and convinced that it's just a little white lie hmm so because it's a little white lie then that makes it okay what is a white lie a lie that i guess the opposite of a white lie is a black one huh
0: hmm.
1: But we all know that in, in our community a white lie or just not even in our community period a little white lie is basically something that should be small and minute. It doesn't mean much. It's not mm. going to really harm a person if you tell them that Santa Claus brings their gifts. Everybody can have a little fun. You know? So it's a little white lie. Um, so the things that we really should brush off and overlook opposed to just telling a, a, raw, a strong, blatant black lie. Mm. But you're right. Because we're taught this at such an early age, then we automatically start our children off in a position to go against themselves. Mm -hmm. And when I say go against themselves, if the first law of nature is self-preservation, which is to preserve myself, but if I'm telling lies, lies cannot support who I am because I was. Created in truth. So the moment I begin to tell lies, no matter the so called size, then it makes me uncomfortable in the beginning. But then eventually, the more and more that I tell, the more and more it builds up. I build up a a defense to where the lies don't even bother me because they just become natural. And so now we have children, like you mentioned in your situation, who is being taught to go against the law of his parents and what he knows to be naturally and instinctively correct.
2: Absolutely. And then what the other part of the lie is, we don't want to disappoint because when we disappoint then you feel that someone is judging you. So there's this judgment thing that comes along. So now I may keep this from you because I don't want to disappoint you. I don't want to hurt you. I don't want to be rejected by you because I've disappointed you. And so then we continue to lie. Because what happens when you do something that, that, that your parents or those in authority tell you not to do then you get chastised but when you get chastised as a child that chastisement sometimes feels like it's disappointment. I've disappointed this person and so therefore now I have to pay the cost of that. If somebody can convince you that you will disappoint the person that you don't want to disappoint, they can, keep, they can make you hold on to a secret. So now we can go into One of the ways that child abuse, not not child abuse, but how people can sexually assault children. Because, well, you don't want to tell your parent because they'll be disappointed in you. See, you've already set up something in them. So they're like, oh, I might get in trouble. I don't like the way it feels when I get in trouble. Or maybe they're offered something that they really like. And I know I'm not supposed to have this. So if I tell, then I can't get it anymore. But the only way I can get it is, I mean, it's a mind trip and a mind game. And so then what happens? But it's still eating away and breaking the soul of that child when that happens. What stops them from telling you? And I think that that's one of the things that we have to understand is why are we silent? Why do we keep secrets? Because we've been taught to keep them and we've been taught or benefit sometimes from the lie. If you're rewarded for a lie or if you're afraid of disappointment.
1: Do you know why the cage bird sings? Alas. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, you know, uh, I, I think that's passed down through DNA. As far as secrets, I mean, and we were slaves. Our people was holding a lot of secrets for self, go back to self preservation, paternity secrets, and that still goes on to today. It, so and so, so and so working on escaping. We can't tell nobody that. You know, it secrets that I can't read because it's if massa found out i read i read i can read it's over for me it's just so much it's so it's so many secrets that we had to harbor for self-preservation of slavery it's second nature for us now to just have secrets it's normal oh don't tell nobody we don't like to tell our children who their father is I, I i don't understand why you can't tell a child who their father is i don't know if it's because it brings up pain of that relationship or it's I don't want to be I don't want my child to know I was out there like that we're told that truth sets us free but that's a very big secret that's held in a black community is who's the father and and and, and the, the mother know the father family would know the father but the only person the person they should know don't know and that's the child and it's that I'm still trying to figure that out like we hold secrets when it's not even necessary to hold a secret. It's interesting.
2: And sometimes with that, Hakeem, that self-preservation, sometimes a woman will choose to to tell another man that, that they are the father because of the benefit that she thinks that she can get from that. And not understanding the detriment that it causes in the child. I mean, it 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 creates a situation where you then hold on to that lie because now you don't want to embarrass the parent or you don't want to hurt other people who have grown to love that's if that child ever finds out or whoever finds out why does why is it maintained so you know i mean so we 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 just have all of these issues but and we're ashamed and it's like But why are you ashamed? Because it's like we don't understand that by holding on to these things that we do more harm to ourselves than good. Because sometimes just the stress of a lot can make you physically and mentally ill. And we see it. We see it all over the place. Shame. And then what is the response when something that you've done is found out? Ridicule. People pointing fingers. People trying to shame you. People talking all kinds of stuff. Knowing full well they got a closet full of secrets themselves. (laughs) And if one of their little bones fall out, then what? But I think that oftentimes the, the ridicule and all of that is really a projection. I think it's a projection. It, it, it allows you to not look at your own stuff when you are too busy talking about somebody else and passing judgment and ridicule. And it's very dangerous, I think. That we do that to one another, but we are we 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 will get judgmental and we will roll stones and daggers and and everything, fall out with each other over opinions, and as they say, opinions are like assholes, everybody got one <laughs>
3: that's self-hatred though you're right it's we hate ourselves so much, we look for reasons to be angry with each other, petty reasons. You ain't speak to me when you came in the house, so now I ain't gonna to talk to you for six months. Little petty stuff like that, or nobody told you to give my, nobody told you to say nothing to my child. I've heard it all, and I'm like, so y'all ain't talking because of that? This is just the stuff that we do. I, we hate ourselves so much, I'm gonna pick a fight with you just because I hate myself and I hate you. It's sad. And this is what the behavior that we demonstrate in front of our children. So we pass that self-hatred, that slave mentality on to our children so that they think, oh, this is appropriate behavior, how we should act. How many families, functions do you go through go to and, and black folks get, in their, get up, start arguing, fighting? And don't add alcohol to the situation. It's even worse. There's secrets, that's when the secrets come out. <laughs> oh, slut, you know they're all going well that that's so so-and-so's daughter. You know what And everybody learn to look at the table like, what? It's just, I have been in so many of those situations. I've talked to people who have had those situations. It just sounds like you could be at the table with five people and it sounds like you all have just got the same family because it's the same drama.
2: Drama and trauma.
3: Oh, I like that. Drama and trauma. I love it. It is true, mm-hmm. though. and you you all make some really great points, um,
1: especially when you talk about the the secrets and um, our not wanting to let them go or are desiring to hold on to them. But you know, we've heard time and time again, especially if you're one of Scripture, that the truth shall set you free, and the reason that we are and we continue to remain in bondage is because we have not told the truth. We have not gotten rid of those secrets. So your failure to tell the truth or your desire to wanna hold on to a lie or uh, a secret, it weighs you down. And it actually, not only weighs you down but it breaks you down and then you become broken so as you mentioned you know the trauma yes trauma yeah drama and shame and that's what we're dealing with we're dealing with a whole lot of drama a heck of a lot of trauma and a lot of shame and pain because of us not wanting to Come forth, be honest with ourselves. Go ahead and just let it out the box because if the truth has the ability to set a person free, don't we all want to be free? And then if you are able to go ahead and tell the truth or just go ahead and let it out the bag, think about how now nobody has control or power over you anymore. This is why people outside of our community can come in, try people in the public. The person that's doing the trying is out of our community who has a whole shitload of closets with many skeletons, but they can come into our community and tell us how it's going to go down And then because of the shame and the pain and the trauma that we have already, then we decide or we allow them to decide for us where and how to point the finger. But if we were real about it in the first place and we were honest and decided that we would come forth in truth, then nobody from the outside nor the inside could hold anything over our head. It would be impossible because how can you hold anything over my head if I were already told? That's the one thing that I've always uh, is a pet peeve of mine is people who so-called blackmail you, whatever that means, or whitemail you. When you decide that, oh, you got something or you have some information about somebody, and if they don't do X, Y, and Z, then you're going to just put it out there. I've always been that one, but like, there's nothing that you can tell on me because I already have told on myself. You, We have to take back the power. We have to take back the control. And the only way to do that is to free ourselves by saying, you know what, I'm about to have some spring cleaning, the spring breakup in this piece. Let's open this closet. I'm going to throw everything out. Let's pull everything out, the closet. These are my skeletons. I accept them, they're mine, this is what I did, this is when I did it, and it's my business. So now what do you have over me? Now who you gonna run and tell? You can't frighten me. I've already been traumatized. I've already been threatened. And when we stand on that, then it'll be amazing what will happen in our communities.
2: I was thinking about, we love to post because we trendy and we love cliches. But everybody and their mama is talking about how they're living their best life. But in reality, you live in your best lie, And that is part of the problem.
1: Whoa, whoa, That, that right there. Wow, absolutely. Because you 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 hit it right there on the head. Say it one more time for the people, just in case. (laughs) (laughs) Say it one more time for the people. (laughs) Okay, It's like you want me to sing it for you. You're living your best life. (laughs) Okay, yes. I mean, but it's so true.
3: Yeah, you're right. Because
1: who are you masquerading for? Mm -hmm. Who are you parading for? But you know last
3: those, those laughs lies, those lies become a part of our identity. We last so long, we believe the lie and we tell it so much that we start to believe it. It becomes a part of who we are. Don't you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. but that that's man. I mean, I can be, think of so many examples to speak to Aquila's point. Of people, I mean, every time you look up, you are so right. Everybody living their best life. Lord, Lord, Lord everybody living their best life. Child, go somewhere and sit down.
3: Sit okay. down. Somewhere. I have posted. I have made a post like that. <laughs> well, child, don't have some <laughs> I didn't watch it. I, I admit, I did make a post and I put, hey, living my best life. I guess <laughs> hey, it's because I like the song, so I figured. And, you know, and I get that part,
1: it. <laughs> but to, wait, to Akilah's point, you know, we are cliche like that. We like that kind of stuff. You know, it sounds good, and then we repeat it, and then we make up, because her, her point is, no, you're not living your best life, you're living your best lie. so we turn life into a lie.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, we knock off the F and move the E a little closer to the I, so then it becomes the M to the I to the E, <laughs> instead of the M to the I to the F to the E, right? <laughs> and in doing so, is that a part of edging God out as well?
3: Is because is ego? that
1: your ego? Mm-hmm. The and fact that you, you, mm-hmm. I'm, go I'm ahead. Sorry. I was saying, and let's be realistic.
2: You do get to have privacy. There's a difference between privacy and secrets. And so we, we really need to understand that. So no, I don't owe you a front row seat to my life, but I'm also not going to put it out there to make you think that I'm living other than I am either. Right. And see, that's where we get things twisted. You cannot speak on something because it's really nobody's business. But, but don't don't be out here
1: fraudulent. I'm so glad that you made that distinction between secrets and privacy.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Cause that's big and that's huge. And I don't want the audience to be confused as to what we're saying. So thank you for that because it's a big, big distinction. They say everything done in the dark comes to the light anyway.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I don't know. And, and but then what happens once it, when, once, the, once it comes out in the open that you are living a lie? That you're living a lie. Then all of the things that you've wanted to cover up by lying, you get it back. And it's even worse than if you hadn't lied to begin with.
3: I have, an ex- I have a great example of that. <clears throat> I was talking to this guy. Uh, he's actually an a, a inmate. He's a cell house worker. Well, I use him as a cell worker or a unit worker. And I, and I asked him, I said, why are you in here? Cause where he was, was an unclassified area, the housing area where he was was unclassified. And that means it could be any, anybody in there from pedophiles to to uh, drug dealers to murderers. It could be anybody in there. So I was curious because his demeanor just like he don't fit here. So I asked him, I said, why are you here, man? What, what's your crime? He's like, oh, DUIs." I said, okay, so tell me your story. So he got caught Well, he was about to get caught. He runs. Now, if he gets, if he gets caught, he spends about three years, right? So he runs to Mexico, and he's gone for like seven years. Then he misses his wife and children. He comes back, and they catch him. Guess what? (laughs) He had to spend his three years. So really, you spend 10 years away from your family to prevent being locked up for three years. Makes no sense. And he's like, you know what? You're right. I just panicked, and I just thought that I can get rid of this problem by running. So I just wanted to use that as an example because sometimes we think that we're keeping something hidden. It's gonna always come to light, like you said, but it, it's, gonna be, it's gonna be to a level that we ain't gonna like it or be satisfied with it. So like you said, Akiva, you might as well let the truth out because after it, it's been buried for a long time now, it's grown. <laughs> so when it comes out the ground, it's massive.
2: It's mm-hmm. a thing. If you're doing something that you think that you would be ashamed of, that should be an indication that you shouldn't do it. We should probably. <laughs> start right now. If if I'm going to be ashamed of telling you who my child's father is, then you shouldn't be sleeping with.
1: him. Hello, hello, hello. <laughs> So true.
3: <laughs> Sounds like a married man to me.
2: <laughs> well, that too.
1: <laughs> or just the just ugly man.
3: That too. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, when they don't want to tell nobody and you find out later, well, you know, your daddy was married. That's why you didn't know. It's like secrets like that.
1: Yeah, secrets can be so. Um, detrimental to anyone connected and involved. So while on one hand, like even when I used the example earlier, we just talking about baby daddy and things like that, um, just using an example from earlier, if you withhold or withheld the identity of somebody's father from them, and you're doing it because you're thinking about the way that it'll affect you and how people will view you, whether it's because you had a child at a young age, whether it's because you had a child by somebody that uh, was in a committed relationship, whether or not you had a child by the preacher, whatever the case might be, the, you're looking at how that affects you if it was to get out. Not even thinking about how not telling or how that information that if kept in secret is going to affect the child 20 and 30 years later. So now a person grows up thinking that Aunt Velma is their mother when Aunt Velma wasn't any kin to them. Aunt Velma just took them in. And now they need some type of transplant or donor and realize that everybody that they've tested within the family that they thought was their family isn't even their family. Now the truth comes out. As you're on your deathbed or you're ill and sick trying to get healed and you're like, well, you know, I'm so sorry. Well, that's because such and such is really not your mother. 20 years of holding on to secrecy and lies and deception, which has now destroyed the family. So oftentimes we do things and we're not even thinking about how it's going to affect the next generation or how it's going to affect other people that are involved which is a selfish act. And it goes back to the title of self-preservation because most of the time when we're holding on to the secrets that we hold on to, it's because we're trying to preserve ourselves. We're trying to save ourselves whether it's from embarrassment, whether it's from shame, whether it's from disappointment, whether it's because of fear, but ultimately we're trying or attempting to save ourselves. And in truth, I mean, that is, that's natural, right? Not saying that the route that one took to get there is correct. But if self-preservation is the first law of nature, it makes sense that one would try their best to attempt to save themselves, even if it means at the risk of other people and even if it means by covering up things that are not true, things that are lies, and things that can ultimately destroy not only those around you, but even yourself. So is it worth it? what have we produced ourselves to is it really worth it because now 470 plus years 460 plus years 30 years 25 years down the road we still find ourselves in a big mess and it's not productive for anyone involved
2: it's not and as you were talking what i was thinking about is what i had mentioned before about the public shaming and that we do as a people. And so just like when you're young and you don't wanna tell the truth because of the embarrassment, because of the disappointment, because of whatever happens. But now we have a community of people that rather than rallying behind someone or to help them, We judge, we ridicule, we run people's names through the mud. And so what does that do? It almost gives another incentive to lie. Because now, if I come out with my story, it's not necessarily support that I'm going to get. It's it's ridicule, and then because we're such an emotional people we take sides and then we start to argue and bicker and fight over whatever has come out so sometimes our lives or things that we do or the secrets that we keep cause division in
1: families it causes division in the community as a whole this is why it's so easy for people again to come into our community because they study our patterns. And they study how emotional we get and how we have such a knee-jerk reaction to to things. And we oftentimes don't think rational. Well, we fail to think rational because we're caught up in the emotion of the pain that we never resolved. And I think that's one of the biggest things that I see or I witness often. When we have unresolved pain, it's so much easier for us to lash out at anybody who even remotely looks like the person or we identify as someone similar to the idea, the thought, or the person that has caused us pain. Which is not always good. It's no different than, you know, if we go to the store and we are making emotional purchases based on what we're feeling. I'm mad. I'm upset. I'm angry. I'm mad. So I'm going to spend all this man's money. Or I'm hungry and I haven't eaten all day. So I'm going to buy everything on the shelf.
2: So you we make emotional.
1: Uh-huh.
2: You read my post the other day. you talking about me now? no ma'am <laughs> because I, I Aldi to spend $10 and I went hungry and walked out with 99
1: <laughs> so, so I feel like you're talking about me right now Laxay. If what is being said <laughs> your description no I am not <laughs> with you. it just don't happen that it's Seems like it's connected. I promise. <laughs>
3: talk about talk about a lock and shake because every time I would I end up spending with too much money. Talk about
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. That's hilarious.
2: Okay, sorry. But, go ahead and finish your point, sis. But it, you know, but sometimes,
1: sometimes when people strike a nerve, you like hold up. Well, we'll see. You, you act. I'm glad that you. I'm glad that exactly. we're going here because this is exactly what I'm saying. You know we respond based on our own personal experiences. So, Akilah, if you know you was dipping in the store the other day walking <laughs> through the aisle knowing that <laughs> you spent, how much did you say you spent?
3: $99. I oh, went long. to office for water. Wow, yes. that's some expensive water. <laughs> I went there to buy water.
2: I was going to buy you- three things of water, but I was hungry. And I kept seeing that those little um, vanilla
1: bean cupcakes that y'all just saw me. Wow! Yeah. So, that, yeah. that, that's hilarious. But it is, but it is a prime example
2: because as it soon is. as you said what you said, I'm like, wait a minute. You I talking just, about me? You talking about me? Even You're though like, I you not talking it, about. But but it is the point that's we project right because you oh, this is my story. So now I'm projecting and now I got to get in defense mode
1: because mm-hmm. this is my story too. Right. And, and it happens so much. I mean, think about the preacher who preaching in the pulpit and he all up in somebody's house talking about their story. So now afterwards, Sister Johnson is waiting over on the side because she want to have a word with preacher. Preacher, was you're talking about me? <laughs> but the point I'm making is that our pain has points. And the points or the points have pain. Am I saying that right? <laughs> so when you touch upon any of those points, that could very well be tender and unhealed, has not received the proper treatment, the womb is still open. There's a big scar or a gash, and it never was taken care of. And then here you come slinging salt. Just slinging it, because you're trying to clear up the roads, you know, so don't nobody slip and fall. And then some of that <laughs> salt on one of my wounds. And then who's gonna <laughs> scream? I'm gonna scream, because it's like, ow, well, what's the matter with you? Like, keep a Ouch, well, what's the matter with you? Some of that salt you just got through slinging, the words, the actions, It got into my womb that was still open. that still had not healed. And that causes us to make emotional decisions. It causes us to respond in a way that can be detrimental for all involved. So think about the lineup. Think about a lineup, you know, at a a, a crime. Somebody comes. Or let's say a robbery just took place. I'm upset, I'm angry, it was dark, I really couldn't see quite what was going on, but I know they took my purse, I'm angry, I'm mad, I want somebody to suffer for what has just happened to me. I even fell and broke my leg, and then you line up two people or one person. I'm gonna say they did it now because of the pain. I'm not even halfway in my right mind, but my womb is still fresh and open. I don't know if that's the best example to use but I'm just really speaking to how it's so important that when we lash out or when we feel that we've been triggered, it's so important that we remove ourselves and go deep into ourselves and ask ourselves a few questions. Because I don't want my pain To now cause you pain because I made a mistake. And I'm not speaking to one thing because this can be applicable really anywhere in many um, different situations. That's why it's so important to know who you are. To know yourself. Know your limits. Sometimes we don't need to be on social media. Sometimes we need to turn the terror vision off. The terror vision or the tell lie vision, it doesn't have that <laughs> word just because, because we know that that TV is oftentimes telling lies, the tell lie vision. And we know that the, there's much trauma that comes from the terror in the vision that we see into this world that we really need to be careful about because it's set up so that it can trigger us. This is why we can easily be influenced by commercials. You know, we could be sitting home, not even thinking about food, having a good time playing Monopoly, and then a, a commercial come on telling you what to do. Next thing you know, you'll be like, I'll be right back. Well, where you going? Well, I'm getting ready to go and get some ice cream. You hungry for ice cream? Well, and then you think about it. Wow, the commercial for ice cream just left. Or just came on.
2: Definitely it was so old.
1: colorful and it was so convincing that it just tapped you on your shoulder. It even went and got your keys for you, put them in your hand. Next thing you know, you was rolling out the driveway at Aldi, spending $99. <laughs>
2: when you were talking about the television and televisions, and what do they call it? They call it programming and we do because of because of all of this stuff that's in us we allow things to manipulate us and to control our emotions and as you said it tell us how to act when to act who to be upset with who to hate and we do it and an interesting thing i posted something before and a lot of people have I know weren't didn't look at it. But the, there's a guy I can't pronounce his uh last name, but he owns the Golden State Warriors if I'm not mistaken. And he used to work for Facebook. He helped to build Facebook. And he's on this video apologizing. He says he feels bad for what he has helped to create. Because he understands what social media is now doing to the world. He says, not just America. It's, it's the world. He said, you are being programmed. He said that, that social media will be able to, to what he said, what he feared was the ability of them to make people to go out and act on something. This is the man who helped to build Facebook that is telling you that what they have created, It's programming you and causing you to do and react the way that you do. So even when I talked about the, you know, emotions or what we introduced as far as the emotional things that has come in in 2019, it is not an accident that we are all over there going crazy and arguing and unfriending each other and doing all of this kind of stuff. The man already told you. What they, what they did, he said, it wasn't necessarily intentional, but it happened. And do you know what he else he said? I'm not on there, and I don't allow my children on there because I'm not trying to get
1: programmed. What that that should tell you something. But it doesn't
2: seem to tell us anything, because sometimes we think we know it all, too. And we don't understand what has been designed and prepared for you. We
3: don't care.
1: Yeah. You're absolutely right. We don't
3: care. We, we, I think in the same video, if I'm not mistaken, he mentioned something about the endorphins that go off in our head when we see likes. Dopamine. The dopamine. Okay, he it's said dopamine. And, so I was, and I was just like, wow. He just pretty much pretty much summed up why people just, their whole life is based on how many likes, how many people comment on what they post. And they're, in, they're enslaved by that. Like he said, you become enslaved by that. And I said, wow, that's, that was a very interesting But, but video. what does
2: it cause you to do? It causes you to get on here and live your best life lie
3: <laughs> right your best lie just so you can get like yes because then you get a dopamine rush like oh they liked it <laughs> it's like uh they were yeah. liking it even if they saw you walking down the street though saying people would just look at you and say wow i like that but why you have to be told that somebody likes it is it is the perfect uh medium for people that have low self-esteem or need and, and or need to be validated consistently it just
2: that ego. But there's a reward that causes you to lie. And that's the whole thing. When we get back to what we're, you know, what we've talked about and get into the root of how there are secrets in our communities and all of that, there are things that happen. The reality of it is, is that there's a reward and a benefit that we have been trained from childhood that we receive from hiding things and from being less than truthful. And so we see that manifested every single day on social media.
1: Every single day. You know, um, speaking of the programming, family who's listening out there, it's really time for us to wake up because we are going to have to take responsibility. We cannot continue to allow ourselves to be um, for things to just to be thrown at us. And we accept it as the norm. This is not normal. It is a program. And we are being programmed. It's called social engineering. All of this. And I was, as you were speaking, Akilah, I just started thinking back to one of the things that um, The Honorable Elijah Muhammad spoke of. He talked about how, you know, one day pretty much the devil will be right in your living room. And you really wouldn't even know it because he's talking (laughs) to you, whether it's through your television, whether it's through your computer, whether it's through social media, but he's programming you, giving you exactly what he wants you to have, telling you how to act, how to eat, what to drive, where to go for vacation. You now no longer have any independent thought. And if you don't watch yourself, this is why I say you have to stop because if you don't watch it, you'll wake up one day and you won't even know who the heck you are anymore. I, um, as I was thinking about that, I end up going to an article and, um, this is an article. It's, not even sure how old it is, but it's um, in the Final Call newspaper, actually, volume 29, number 49, uh, which is a reprinted article of um, the late dear mother, Tainata Muhammad. And she says that the brain is a mathematical, precise instrument that records all of our life experiences, tracing back to trillions and trillions of years into the distant past, and projects information and in imagery into an unending future time. Scientists have told us that, the mod, that modern man uses less than 10% of our brain power to think and to solve our, our everyday problems. The Honorable Elijah Muhammad has taught us that the brain was created to think right, to which, I might add, and it's mathematically precise in all its functions to remember and record all things. Now, that right there is really so much wisdom in that, but it really kind of speaks to everything that we're talking about because we're talking about the trauma and the pain that we feel because of memory that we have of past pain that has taken place that we did not forget because it's been recorded, but we also did not get the help that we needed. So therefore, it's very easy for us to be triggered constantly. But it also speaks to the fact that because our brains um, really are so powerful, but not only that, we only use 10% of our brain, which says a whole heck of a lot. We use less than 10% of our brain. Less. 10% of our brain power to think and to solve our everyday problems. So if we're using less than 10% of our brain to solve our everyday problems, who's solving the rest of our problems? The rest of our problems are being solved by social media. (laughs) This is why you no longer can even think for yourself. You have to post and ask the question to (laughs) Facebook <laughs> or to whoever else out there in media land to help you to figure out when you, there used to be a time that you were able to figure it out for yourself because you innately have your own answer. But we've given up our power and we now, even as adults who suffer, have children who suffer because we will put them in front of the YouTube or the whatever and give them a device that because they sleep with it every day and all the radioactive waves is going into their system and their body and now their body is breaking down and they're getting cancers at a very young age. Even mothers are birthing babies into the world who already have come here predisposed to foolishness. All connected, but because we're not using the full percentage of our brain to make our decisions and then we hand our children over to the devil's vision the tell lie vision, the terror vision, however you choose to slice it, to raise our children, to teach our children and to give them a playland instead of us now saying, I'm going to take back the control and the power. So I am urging us not to be the victims of a social program that has been downloaded or continues to be downloaded, not to be the victim, victim of social engineering, taking back the power and saying no more, because we should not allow someone else, the way in which we started this podcast off, to have that much power and control over us, that they know our trigger points, they know how to get under our skin, they know how to make us tick, clock, move around just like an energizer bunny. Because they winded up the back of our back of us like a, a Timex watch. And now they got us moving to the tune of their beat. We should not allow someone to have that much control and power that we don't even know our next move. And the only way that we can respond is to now go back to the dependency of which now has become, you know, this media outlet of madness. So I say, beware, not even buyer beware, just beware. Because if this is what it's looking like now in 2019, and this is how we're starting off our year, what does it mean towards the end? Are we gonna start turning on the TV, or we already are really, and seeing how somebody has went to a mall and opened fire because they just got through listening to a record or an album or they were just triggered by something that someone said on Facebook and now they showed up at your house and they found your address and they showed up with a gun. What kind of madness have we really gotten ourselves into because we refuse to take control and take the power back? It's just a question I think we should all ask ourselves. Mm. or
2: you want to be a vigilante because of fake stories huh. or stories that you don't even have all of the facts and the information and you go out and cause harm to someone and probably because you're projecting something that you've kept secret and hidden in you so when you see it out in the open where that person has done something to someone else that was done to you that you never told, then you seek revenge on the person who actually didn't cause you any harm, personally. But because you wasn't strong enough to tell, you want to harm that person. That person then becomes the projection of whoever caused you harm. And you still don't even have all the
1: facts. You know, it's, wow, It this, it, God, this is, this is so, it's so layered, Akila. I
2: know, right? There's so <laughs> many layers to this. Let me, let me tell you this real um, quick. Let me tell you this real quick. The guy, what I was telling you about from the Facebook guy, he said that there was a situation in another country. I believe it was India. I could be wrong. But it was a hoax on WhatsApp. And they identified someone as a uh, Either molesting or kidnapping or doing something to the children. And what ended up happening was the people went out there vigilante style, trying to hunt down this alleged person who was doing harm to children, killing
1: killed him or killed some people, and it was a hoax. Oh, so it was like um the sandy hook. And the baltimore bombing because i don't well you know i am a conspiracy theorist and i'm not going to get there getting that get into that on this show but um do your research and find out the history between those things that i just mentioned because those two were hoaxes just in case you didn't know um but you see how what and what is the purpose of what was the purpose of that hoax well
2: his his point was is that and that's what he said he was afraid of that that what social media had the capacity to do was to put something out there and cause people to respond and to react and to act. So I can create something to turn to, to toy with your emotions and then I can cause you to go out and do harm to someone or some people based on something in the information
1: that's put out there. We got to be real. We call that the propaganda machine. There you go. And in the scriptures, it's in Revelation. When you hear about the dragon and all that was being spewed. See, we have to study to show ourselves approval. We have to really dig deep and understand that nothing here is surface. Everything, you know, is much deeper than what it appears. This is why, again, I really encourage us to think for ourselves, to study for ourselves and not be read to, not be just given a bedtime story to, because bedtime stories are intended to put you to sleep. And right now it's time that we take back bedtime story, move it over to the tide and and tell you something that's going to wake you up. We don't have, we can't afford in our community anymore, a story or a bedtime story because we're already asleep. So what does a sleeping man look like sleeping for another 150 plus more years? Can't afford to. And I want to make sure that um, even in talking about this, because I know that it can spark a lot of different emotions. Because some people may listen to this conversation and think that are we dismissing pain and trauma? In our community, absolutely not. What we're doing is bringing to light some of the wickedness that takes place. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. Who's rocking our cradle right now? Who's behind a lot of the things that we actually see out here and why? Why now? Why today in 2019? Could have been any other day. See, we have to look at the his story makers or the her story makers. Who's behind it? Who's at the root? Who is the author of your version of your book? What book are you reading from? Who is actually setting and giving you the narrative? All these questions are very important when you start looking at this. Because guess what? Everything that it was designed to do, it's doing it. This is how they can sit back and say, man, boy, we did our job. They sit back in that boardroom and they together with their smoke filled cigar room. They clap and they high five because they realize that the social engineering project, you, us. It worked like a charm, just like they said it would, just like it did. 400 plus years ago, just like Willie Lynch said it would, just like it's doing today. So all I'm saying is, are we ready to stand back up and take back our control and stop willingly being led like sheep to the slaughter and go ahead and put our wolf or our our lioness clothing back on just a question
3: so i guess we want to how
2: do we stop working against our own self-interest and heal how do we stop living our best lie how do we get that control Madam Challenger.
3: <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, like I always say, accept your own and be yourself. We try too much to live this fake reality that someone else has created. It's not even who we really want to be. We just pick and choose what someone else defines as being a good life, and then we try to live it. The more we accept our own and be ourselves, the freer we will be uh my next challenge is set yourself free let them secrets out at least if you let it out you control the narrative at least they'll give you chance to speak your side of it i mean especially if that was a secret that you've been holding holding for 20 30 years you a different person now you need to shed light on it hey i was a different person i've grown now. i'm older now i'm wise but if you leave it up to someone else to expose you it's gonna come it's going to have their narrative on it. It's going to have a spin on it. So control it. That's all I need you to do. That's just my two. Uh, oh, last one, the most important one. Pray for guidance. Pray for forgiveness. Pray for forgiveness from God. And second, forgive yourself. It would be a lot easier for you. So often we angry with ourselves. And we take the role as if we God, as if that he's not gonna forgive us. So we don't even forgive ourselves. Only he could decide if he's gonna forgive us or, forgive us or not. We cannot make the determination for him. God is the all knowing. He knows what we know not. And those are my challenges.
1: I think those are some great challenges mm-hmm. because if we can follow those, then we will be on, our, on the road to freedom. You know to a real freedom and we won't have to be held captive anymore because we've allowed it to just we've let it go um well
2: i have one thing that i would like mm -hmm. to say that i i would love for us to get a grip on and that is stop following the lead because As as I've said before, that many behaviors are learned behaviors. And one of the behaviors that I'm consistently seeing in our community is that mob mentality. Mm -hmm. That burn them at the state mentality, that hang them from a tree, gather around and watch them hang mentality. You got that from somewhere. And you're doing exactly that when information comes out and you start condemning people.
1: I imagine that this is how our slave master's children responded when they were standing around in a circle, lynching innocent men and women and children as a sport. It became a mob action. They didn't really care whether or not it was right or wrong if the information was true or false the fact of the matter was is that one person started it or several people started it in until it became popular it became something that everybody was now comfortable with so it became easy and it didn't after after a while it was nothing even wrong with it you know and this is how i see it when you talk about just mob action you followed a leader that you didn't even know anything about, or you followed really information or misinformation that had no merit or any bearing, you know, all built on things that were untruth or truth mixed with falsehood, which still basically is a lie. So I, I agree 100% with um, everything that, you know, the two of you um, shared as it relates to ways to kind of combat this Mm -hmm. well with that being said i'd like to thank you for joining us on this episode of conversations with the royal empress and we look forward to you joining us next time
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Conversations with the Royal Empress. Tune in next week for another enlightening conversation. For more information on the Royal Empress, please visit the website royalempress.org. You can also follow the Royal Empress on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Conversations with the Royal Empress is a subsidiary of the Royal Empress Organization, All Rights Reserved.